Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's showtime. I don't know if I have enough mezcal for this. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's get it see, started. I should have fixed the drink. See, you know what? I didn't partake in the, the drinking. I had a little puff puff before we... Yeah joined here today yeah i had a little hit as well get me on my level good for y'all nice for you guys (laughs) real happy for both of you that's really nice (laughs) you did not partake evening blaze sesh yeah it's 2022 amazing (laughs) you didn't you didn't grab nothing before before you started you know what i'm i was gonna bring this up at some point but let's talk about it now so yeah. I listened to the Kendrick album on Mushrooms, and it was amazing. Oh, oh wow. my God. Yeah. Okay, okay. We had I a little bit it. of an evening on Saturday, and yeah. I wasn't quite ready to wind down yet. Mm-hmm. So I just threw on the AirPods and climbed in bed and listened to it with my eyes closed, and it was 
obviously how all music should be listened to. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell if it was just that I had never that I hadn't done that really ever before, but mm-hmm. it it created a lot more depth. I think Jason, you were you and I yes. were talking a little bit about how like the beats weren't. Yeah, premium, and I th- after that listen, I would have to disagree. I really enjoyed a lot of the instrumentation and the production. It was really amazingly put together, and I just had a great time. Wow. Right. Well, well, I don't want to be immediately associated with hating on the beats, being that one of my very good <laughs> friends, Dahi, oh. <laughs> produced a lot of that album. Did I just, uh, did I just blow up your spot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Private conversations here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you brought something out of the group chat into the public <laughs> forum. Was, like, that's like the biggest sin in the world. Yeah, I God forbid <laughs> I create content by sharing our discussions. That's, that's my fault. I'm Everybody sorry. knows what's in the chat stays in the chat. It's a binding. Wow, that's it. <laughs> I oh mean, no, it has to. It has it, to. It got to. Yeah, that's the group chat communal rules. Like we can say whatever we want within the confines of the group chat, but we're not spreading that for the public to hear our <laughs> very immediate and <laughs> maybe rushed opinions. Oh, know? I get it because I got some group chats. Ooh. Ooh, look. Sometimes you have to ask for permission. Be like, hey, is it cool if I if no. I share yeah. this with somebody? That, yeah. That was, that's it. I, I didn't ask for consent and that's my fault, Jason. So I want to apologize <laughs> to you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, this show should be about white people apologizing to black people, you know. Being that we're talking about haven't Atlanta. We, haven't we done that enough all season long? <laughs> no, no. We no. we gotta t- we gotta turn it up another notch. Oh, <laughs> the white America apology tour twenty twenty two. I feel like yes. I'm on trial. That's a shout out to later in the show and we talk about the trial of Tyreek. Or Young Aaron known in this show, Aaron. <laughs> Young oh Aaron. God. Oh my god. So wait. Yeah. All right. What is he? Is he that black guy's son? When you say that black guy, <laughs> I mean the black guy who's playing his dad in the show. Like I think that was the most. I mean, you know, they always throw like a, a extremely confusing bit at you, and you're like, "Am I supposed to be forgetting this, or am I supposed to be curious about it the whole time?" In the show, he he's definitely supposed to be his son. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna say that yeah. for sure. The actor's name is Tyreek Withers. Right. Tyreek, T-Y-R-I-Q. I mm. venture to say that that is not a white person's name. No, he looks black. Like, he looks black. But they have him, you know, obviously acting in the white mannerisms. But I was just like, I wonder who his parents really are, you know? Um, and if he was... Because, okay, here's my issue with it. He doesn't really seem white passing enough. Like he, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, he looks like a nigga." Like white people wouldn't think he was white, <laughs> you know. Like when they commented on his nose, I was like, "Yeah, like he definitely looks like a nigga with like a white person haircut." Like, yeah, like not a white. Like the white girl that he was dating was white. Like he looked he was white. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he looks kind of black. And I was like, he looks kind of black this whole time. When he's sitting next to the other white, like, surfer-looking dude with the hoodie, I'm like, no, those are white people. This is a non-white person trying to integrate with them. Right. What was y'all feeling towards that? as soon as he came on the screen, I immediately thought that he was 
biracial. Right. And so once he like threw out the N words and, and had the hard ER on it, I yes. was like, what's happening right, right. here? Because clearly left his mouth clumsily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it hurt to hear that. I was like, wait, that just shook me. But I could clearly <laughs> tell that he was that he had some black in him. I'm like, come on. Right. And so it was like he was clearly acting like a white person. But I felt yeah. like He's, because well, he, he can be white passing. I don't know. I don't think there's a such thing as white passing. Like okay, white so. people will will accept people who are not their race, but they know that and they treat them differently. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I think what you're forgetting here, Jason, in this particular case, is that white people are dumb as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and that our guy Aaron is not hanging out with the best and brightest. They are all. <laughs> jacked up about going to Arizona State? Hey, yeah. Like, wow. Or not even Arizona <laughs> State. It was Arizona, Arizona Southern State. Or it, was, like that. it was Arizona ASC, State College. Yeah. State College, yes. Yeah. So we're not dealing with the best and brightest. I think that he did a good enough job. I think the my favorite part was the final scene because that, that really oh, yeah, showed yeah. that he had it in his – he had the capabilities all along, you know, right. to – to do both it was pretty amazing so i you know well i thought the concept was did i think he was white no did i accept that he was white for the story yes well i thought the concept was that he went to jail and got all of this attitude you know what i'm saying and basically was hanging around everybody in jail and then switched his whole swag up like not really that he had it inside him but just like no, no, I mean the actor. That's what I... I oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, no, he definitely had that inside him. Yo, before we continue, I want to introduce the other voice that our listeners may be hearing. My best friend, Gabrielle Phillip, is here. Okay? Woo! I just want to... So I'm, I'm going to, you know, do my friend justice because I tell her all the time. I think she is fantastic she's a phenomenal person she's like my superhero for real in real life so i'm gonna read a official bio here okay mm. gabrielle phillip is an active duty army non-commissioned officer stationed at fort bragg north carolina <laughs> you know shout out um <laughs> she serves as a psychological operations nco and has been in special operations her entire 13-year career born in atlanta and raised in Greensboro, she spent part of her childhood and most summers on the twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago. <clears throat> Trini to the bone. To the bone, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She attended North Carolina Central University and like Kanye, built up the nerve to drop her ass up out of college before enlisting into the army. In her free time, she enjoys cooking and digesting politics and being a bad bitch. Uh, hey. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, welcome to Showtime. We didn't yeah. even. Thanks for having me. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We're still we Showtime. Get it. Yeah, we're still Showtime, y'all. Yeah. E- even after winning time. That's right. <laughs> showtime. I love it. Yeah. Like no Swiss beats. Oh, oh yeah, we need the Swiss beats drop. Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> showtime. <laughs> showtime. Time for shows. That's yeah. us. That's right. I'm telling you, this last episode was a doozy 
I think I was watching it and like I kind of disagree. I think that he is the the actor was white passing. Um, only because and I've talked to I talked to Bethany about this. I have a, a good friend of mine who is black and is married to a white woman. And when I tell you they spit out two white kids with big noses, I mean, <laughs> and I remember when I met his kids for the first time, I was like, whose children are those? Right. Um, but to me, he was, because I, I've mm-hmm. been around that and I've seen that, he was white passing, but I agree with you, Jason. It's like, he get around uh, too many Negroes. Think of it like, boy, yo daddy black, ain't he? Right, he has that, but um, I was watching it and I just remember when they showed the pan of the stuff in his room, I was like, This is a hard R starter pack, it's a hard R starter pack. Like, he's got the post Malone um jersey uh from the the tour. Um, he was a gamer. Then I saw, Oh no, it was Logan Paul, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, and I was like. Oh, this is a starter. Like, this is a hard R starter pack. And then he dropped it, and I literally wrote down, I was like, was that a hard R? Like, it was. Mm -hmm. It was a hard R. It was. It was. But what I got from him, I was like, he's passing, but he's heavy on that. Please pass All Lives Matter. This got to be somebody whose favorite rapper is Macklemore. Like, because there's no way. Uh, That's probably generous. That's probably generous. Logic. Uh, wow! No, <laughs> no. Yo, I did, I did, I did have somebody say, "Was that logic?" Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like we didn't talk. We haven't talked about the elephant in the room yet of the episode, which is crazy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Kevin Samuels co-starred in this episode. R.I.P. Uh, Man, the timing. Why? The timing. The performance. <laughs> Was he giving or what? He... <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I thought he did a great job. No, he showed out. I mean, like, he really did his thing. Yeah. I thought like, he did great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he would have been a good uh, good actor. Right. And that's really kind of how I feel. I felt like robbed of his acting career. Like, damn, he could have flourished in this. I'm sure Tyler Perry would have cast him as something. You know, oh like, my God. You're right. Like, he definitely would have had a nice little arc. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, nah, he, he did right. great in this role. So I'm going to need your help here because I saw that he was starring in this episode as Robert S. Lee, not Robert E. Lee. And <laughs> I looked yeah. him up and I saw that he had passed away. And that is literally all I know about Kevin Samuels. So if I were to wow. ask one of you to give me a scouting report on what Kevin Samuels is about, who oh, wants shit. to go? All right. I mean. It's the Cliff Notes version. Gabby. Holy shit. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Birdman hand rub. Yep, yeah. Right, ready. Do my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So best way I could describe him, if you were a uh, if you are a man of a particular demographic, let's go ahead and call it black men, um, <laughs> who felt like you needed an ego boost to explain why you couldn't get dates or why these girls ain't shit, Kevin Samuels was for you. Um, and, and that's basically how I look at it. Now I do know that there are some times that he 
allegedly went in on black men too, but the majority of his content that goes viral was uh, some of his critiques, if you will, his colorful uh, critiques of black women. I think the last one that went viral was uh, telling women, (gasps) if you're over 35 and uh, what is it? You got 35 and you got a kid. You're, you're considered leftovers. This is where it came from, man. Oh, leftover wow. men, yeah, leftover women. 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 It was, yeah. He was the one behind that. Yeah, yeah. he was. Really going first circle, full circle on this. So, so if I understand correctly, he's the leader of the black incels. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 He has, exactly. he has risen. <laughs> he has risen yeah. to guide them into the next frontier, or he had. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe he'll rise again. You never know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Thanks for that update, yeah. Gabby. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And <laughs> and black. it's interesting to note how I mean, I hate to be that guy, but how he met his demise. Um, oh my god. I mean, it's an important part of the story and of the arc, honestly. Um, but he was basically uh, divorced twice. Uh, he was with a woman in a hotel room, I believe. Uh, that was probably in her 30s or something like that, a young, a much younger woman. Um, and it was just him and her. Obviously, you know, people think there's drugs or something involved. We don't know. I won't speculate on that. But he died in those circumstances of being with a woman who he barely just met, uh, you know, in some random hotel and, you know, of a heart attack. And so it was obviously like a sad story seeing what, you know, he was capable of. He was pretty well-spoken and seemed to have some sense about him. Maybe he was, you know, obviously in the wrong direction. That's <laughs> a, another issue I kind of have with the whole Kendrick album also, the Kodak Black aspects of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's certain people who, you know, have skills and ability, but they use them for the wrong things. And, yeah, people don't fuck with that. So his his YouTube channel... I guess he kind of tried to promote himself as like an image consultant and he would give people advice and his show kind of started off as like giving men advice on like how to up their game and step their game up. He would give like cologne recommendations, how (laughs) to wear your clothes and your watch and how things should fit on you as having Mm -hmm. a nice suit. I don't know where it came in to be where he decided to like talk about women and like women dating. It was just, it it was like, like a left turn. I think he women were women asking call for, in. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. They would call in, but yeah. it got to a point where he's like asking them how much they weigh, their dress size, if they're single, how many kids they have, and he would just kind of like base all of this off of like why you're not, why you're single, why you're not going to get a man, and a lot of times it was always why you don't deserve to have a man. Like yeah. no one's paying no attention <laughs> to you. You're not in shape. You got this many kids. You, you know, like he would just yeah. go in on go these in. women. He had like this rubric of of how he rated women. And it was like, niggas love that. Like whatever his grading system was, niggas was signed up. And so this is why (laughs) Jason decided to call Van a strong seven. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's doing the Kevin Samuels. Yeah, I was mocking. Scale. Yeah, I was mocking his whole ism and like this psychology of like we're rating <laughs> these women on these very specific kind of you know shallow yeah. things you know that have really nothing to do with like the soul of a person or anything like meaningful you know. But right. it's like a lot of people li- live in that 
chakra, whichever one that is, like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That and was, he that was also, the funny part, he would ask the women to rate themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I think I'm like an eight. And he'd be like, girl, <laughs> let's bring that down about four. <laughs> and he was funny. He was he was a pretty funny dude. Like, the, yeah. like his mannerisms and how he reacted to people was really like. It was funny yeah. as hell. So I wonder what it was that Donald Glover or whoever did casting, what made them say, we need him on our show? <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to give him a role. I want to give him. <laughs> when he leaned into that, that mic and said, who's black? <laughs> I busted <laughs> <him>. <laughs> like, That was perfect line delivery. <laughs> I, I remember when he came out, I was like, why this cap and gown? Why? <laughs> he had what, a cap and gown. Hilarious. Yes, I was yeah. like, why this cap and <laughs> Nobody gown? else had on the cap and gown. <laughs> nothing, no. nothing. <laughs> then, then I heard George Wallace, and I was like, I'm dead. I yeah. am dead. George Wallace had a great cameo in yes, this episode. Oh, my God. What, what okay, a legend. Have you guys seen Bebe's Kids? Yes. Come on, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Yes. So you know, like when they're in the um, they're in the court, it's like the fake Abraham Lincoln is like judging him yeah. in that in that courtroom. That's how I felt they were when they were on that pedestal in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious. So Aaron was one of the Bebe's kids. Yeah, he exactly. Leon. He was Leon. Yeah, Leon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the square nigga. Oh man. Square. <laughs> yeah, that scene was definitely far and away the best part of the episode to me the way it was shot the way it was edited together the dynamic lighting and just the all the non sequiturs just shouting out all the answers without any context (laughs) yeah nba young boy (laughs) (laughs) 227 yeah it was fucking amazing he said she's got her foot in it that means it's good right (laughs) but yes poor aaron's world is turned upside down when when Kevin Samuels shows up and offers scholarships to all of the black students, but it's not just going to be based on your parents or anything like that. It's going to be based on a very specific test. He's going to be grading you, Jason, on a very specific <laughs> set of qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> and we have now entered an episode of Atlanta that has taken the focus a little bit off of what it means to be a white ally and focused it more on what it means to be black in general yeah Yeah. Mm. as an identity as opposed to just the color of your skin yeah i think that for me uh as a child of immigrants this episode hit hit a lot because for me it was basically a televised discussion about foundational blacks and African descendants of slaves and who's blacker and what I got from it, right, is this you have this kid Aaron, right, and he's getting asked all these questions and he's throwing out these ridiculous answers just going off face. And I thought about man, like even in the black community, even if I got all those questions wrong, like would the greater society care? Right. Mm. Like I'm still black to them. Right. right? So even if I got all those answers wrong uh, by (laughs) Mr. Robert Shay Lee, 
Um, if I step out, yeah, Shay Lee. If I, I kind of wish it was Robert Sway Lee. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah and that's a, I, I walked away from that like that discussion about ados or foundational blacks it's like that whole discussion sucks because it like, really does yeah. suck yeah even when people talk about reparations it's like mm-hmm. who deserves it and who doesn't who are you know who yeah that's something that's always kind of frustrated me but there was a very understated way that they tackled it this episode mm. they it wasn't just so loud you know and to have at the end of the episode sorry to jump so uh, far ahead but for him to be with a nigerian born man or a teenager and yeah. he didn't get the scholarship either He's yeah All he had a better so flamethrower though and he did, did. his flamethrower yeah. was better it was hard that was a hard ass flamethrower it was a nigerian flamethrower yeah. Niger don't carry last apparently but like I just it was so much like there was that then there was like you said the like there was also colorism baked into that Mm. nuanced colorism Mm. Uh, I was like oh we're just melting all the isms uh, in this episode racism colorism I was like okay and it was all shot in black and white Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a very interesting choice to, yeah. to choose to do the black, are you black enough episode. Um. Yeah, I thought that kind of, I think, I think there's a couple of reasons, but I think one of the reasons was I think it made Aaron look whiter. Yeah. Yes. If no, it did. You, yep. It did. If yes. you, and the way he was lit and stuff like that, like especially in the gym, you know, he's hit with that bright spotlight and he looks very light skinned. Mm-hmm. But what you said, Gabby, you know, about society not giving a crap what Kevin Samuels <laughs> judges or not, I thought that was kind of the point was like Aaron had always had an easier life because he was able to pass as white and he uh-huh. he had gotten comfortable there and he had white friends and he did white things and <laughs> like his dad was just <laughs> blown away by yeah. the way he talked. Like when about, it's about the the traffic stop, right? And the and the cop pulled somebody over, and Aaron's mm-hmm. like, "Well, he probably did something wrong then, and that's why the cops pulled him over because cops are good." <laughs> his dad just couldn't believe it. It was just stunned into silence. But but I thought it was brilliant to have. To have Kevin Samuels come along and flip the paradigm on him all of a sudden, and suddenly it's not the desirable thing anymore, and he's completely fish out of water. Yeah, there's a commentator that I listen to um, named Reese Cover, um, and she, sometimes she's on Sirius XM, but she always says, everybody has their nigga wake up call. It doesn't matter who you are, right. whether whether it, you're Aaron um she talks about like Tim Scott, Clarence Thomas, who got a phenomenal shout out during. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it's like <laughs> O.J. Simpson got his. Like yeah. you're you're gonna be in these spaces and you're gonna feel comfortable, and then you're gonna get your wake up call, which is like, oops, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> right, it's it's really like that. It is. It's like that, and I was like, this is such an interesting episode. Just the ways that they just keep trying to dissect these very complex issues but do it in a way that's still funny 
And sometimes it's a little on the nose considering, you know, shooting the episode in black and white, but I I think it works. It It was a good episode. So I have a question. I've seen people say that they enjoy that this season is kind of going through the diaspora. They're representing people from all over with Darius, you know, finding out that he's of Nigerian descent. Like a lot of people didn't know that until um, the episode when they're in London. Um, how do you feel? Cause I want to go back to Trini on the bone. I was so excited for you to see this episode. I wanted to hear your thoughts and if they really did Trinidadians justice. Oh man. So I'll, I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Um, no, take your time. That, no, man, that episode, uh, it, it, it made me emotional um, just because that story hits very close to home um, so much so that I had to, I, I rewatched it with my mother. Um, so my mom was born um, in the late 40s in Trinidad. And when my mom was 16, my grandmother, her mother, left Trinidad and came to the United States and worked for a white family in Chicago um doing the exact same thing um as miss mm. sylvia and you know to think about the fact that my mom who's the eldest of six right was left in another country to raise her five brothers and sisters while her mother was in the united states taking care of this family um but i thought it was wonderful because um and you talked about this on on your on showtime before and previous episode but if you talked about the fact that i never get to see trinidadians on tv like that besides otto bowling running in the olympics and i go, you're not gonna see it um and that's understandable 1.3 million people uh, on the twin island uh so you don't really get to see that and it was nice um to see that representation outside of it just only being jamaica no, no shade to jamaicans but um i thought that was wonderful i appreciated the accents Really appreciated the accent because uh, aside from Chet Hanks, um, but I, really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. I think I wrote down that I was like, he sounds like a drunk Irishman who's vacation in Barbados. I didn't know what that was, right. um, but the, but it was funny. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciated the accent. Um, really appreciate the dad choking on that um, mild curry. Uh, mango I <laughs> love the fact that the sun was sopping that up so yeah it was, yes. it was really it was amazing it was amazing I was like that was my favorite episode of the season but I think last last week I don't know those two might be my my two favorite episodes of this season okay which is kind of weird considering they're you know the anthology episodes but right. they just they just hit so well but yeah I thought it was Great. I, I peeped the fact that like one thing um, I noticed about the mom and, and the dad, like you're starting off the episode, you mentioned it, you talked about like he was running with, with whatever song he was playing, but he was in a Nike tech suit. Right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so you just, okay, so you just jogging in a Nike tech suit. And then I noticed his wife, right, before she went to her meeting, she had like a Chanel or whatever, but then she shows up to the funeral with a telfer, like, yeah what is for the, going for the on culture. For she's the for the culture right and <laughs> then you your tell bar. yeah right and so we get to uh we get to the the funeral i thought the funeral scene was amazing um and what i took away from that i was like look at this in this like incredible grief that they're going through 
Sylvia's um, paramour, right? Sylvia's paramour, like when they get all scared or whatever, stops the funeral to, to explain, no, this is how we grieve. It's almost like even in all of that sadness and all that pain, you still have to stop and make white people comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> right. You yeah. still got to stop and make white people comfortable. It's like, no, you're scaring the white people. Right. right. Yeah. Which is what my grandmother used to tell me, right? <laughs> like my grandmother and my mom, it's like, and I have a, I recorded my mom after we watched the episode about that because my mom and I talked about this. But my mom would say, you know, don't go in front of these white people and embarrass me. <laughs> right? Like that was, yeah. that was a thing. That was a mm -hmm. thing. Like you don't do that. And so I thought that was interesting um, that, yeah, yeah even in, like even in their own private space where they're grieving, it's still like, now they're in our space, but we still need to make sure that they're comfortable. You still have to accommodate that. Um, yeah. And that's a very real thing that um, I know like a lot of immigrant families and black families deal with, like, whoop, don't want to yeah. do that. And, and no, nobody will ever get another job as a nanny again, if y'all right. don't. So it's like, and you still have to explain your humanity, but uh, thought that was awesome. And my mom loved that episode. It was cool to watch it with her and then get yeah. some like, family history off of that thought it was legit yeah. yeah definitely don't don't go acting up in front of these white people is like a very common thing i don't know if white people know about that in the, <laughs> in the black house but that is something that's very common in the black well, people it depends household. on how good you are at <laughs> adhering to that rule otherwise right. how would we know <laughs> right exactly <laughs> I would say honestly, this is one. This might be my favorite episode, and I and I think um, part of it is because it has one of my favorite songs. So I was gonna ask y'all, uh, what? Just name me one of your. Uh, I will call it like a don't skip song. Like if this song comes on on your playlist or anything, like you're like, nah, I'm not ever skipping that. Like, hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com/dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Ascension, don't ever wonder, Maxwell. Yeah. Don't ever wonder. Nice. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, if you want to be somewhat relevant to what we've been talking about, like Money Trees by Kendrick. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to skip mm. that song. Yep. Oh, All uh, Right is another one. Kendrick Lamar. Never skipping All Right, ever. Right, right. Um, Gabrielle? I'm, I'm thinking, but I think I know what it is. Hold on. I think my don't skip song is Don't Disturb This Groove by the System. <laughs> I think that is my that is my no skip. Yeah, yeah, that is my no skip. skip. Um, Doesn't matter when it comes I, on, you like I gotta let it run. <laughs> I, I gotta let I have to let that song rock. You can be yeah. in a gym like lifting weights and it come on, it's like I'm not no, turning it. <laughs> I'm not turning it. And then not I disturbing this was, groove. Not not even a little bit. I think when I was in college there was like a DC Go-Go remix or a DC mm. Go-Go song that had oh. uh, the sample of Don't Disturb This Group. It was that sexy ladies, that song. Those okay. two are no skips, no yeah. skips. While they would be really proud. <laughs> For real, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the DMV. Yeah, yeah. yeah shout out to the DMV. Mine would be the Kid Frankie by Wiz Khalifa, which samples the loose end song hanging on a string. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah. I do love that song. And so, yeah, the song played twice in the episode. It ends the episode in the perfect, like, uh, obviously it's rem- reminiscent of Thriller. When yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> when he stares at the camera and, you know, we get that freeze frame. And yeah, the song was just the perfect soundtrack. And, you know, also they're British black people. So that plays into the whole Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Diaspora, uh, yeah. ADOS conversation that the episode is referencing. So I thought that was a good wink and a nod. But yeah, the, my, my real favorite moments, and I, I wrote, some, wrote down some of the questions, was the George Wallace and uh, Kevin Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was just so, like, perfect. He said, uh, Holy we're Spirit have, or... Ho- gonna have, we're going to have Maze answer these. <laughs> yeah, Maze, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Chop. Nah, you're wrong. You're wrong, buddy. You're so wrong. Wait, 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 wait. Am I trying to prove that I'm black? Because obviously I'm not. (laughs) Maybe I'm just being true to myself. Don't tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, He said, he said, orange or grape Kool-Aid? Orange. Orange. <laughs> like Donald Glover's character in this show. Yeah. And then he said, uh, what soda is good for you? Yeah, yeah. That was I mean, the no soda is good for you. No, it's wrong. Ginger ale. Mm. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Yo. Oh, yeah. So I had to write those down because I was like, I actually know the answer to this. This is funny. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) There was one that I didn't know the answer to. Which which one? one? I I can't remember. If you say it, if you you wrote it down, 
I, the only other one I wrote down was Bobby and Whitney or Will and Jada. <laughs> it's always it's I always mean, did, Bobby and Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> did exactly. that did that question age really poorly, or did Kevin Samuels appearing in this episode age more poorly? Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, my God, oh. that's a good question. Ooh. No, I mean, I think that I was going to say that question always has the same answer, though. No, I know, but it's just funny. <laughs> it's even funnier now. Than now. It was yeah. when they wrote yeah. it a month ago, yeah. or right. a year ago, whatever. Exactly, two years ago, knowing Donald Glover, and right. so I was going to ask. Um, so. We obviously talked a little bit about Kendrick's album earlier, but Kendrick and Donald Glover are around the same age. Um, mm-hmm. And I made the comparison in the chat. If we're going to be speaking outside the chat. Oh, wow. Now, now that I've given you permission. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can out myself yes. if I want to br- you can bring up my own <laughs> opinions. Um, yeah. You know, Kendrick Lamar is basically seen and known in the public sphere as a real nigga or, you know, somebody who definitely is very much black identifying soul brother number one james brown type of black like he's got all of that like in his bag donald glover is walking very far to get where he is right now his brother who i don't know much about uh is his partner in creating you know his shows and all this stuff steven glover steven glover and it made me curious to know, like, what was both of their experiences growing up? Like, this episode piqued that thought mainly in my mind. Like, because I'm thinking, what soul did this come out of? Like, this story come out of, you know, somebody who was dealing with these issues or, you know, thinks a lot about this stuff. Um, because conversely, I feel like, People like Kendrick or, you know, rappers don't really deal with race dynamics in the same way. Like, you know, Kendrick does have his song Complexion on To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's totally ignorant of that or doesn't bring it up in his music. But I I think it's in such a different tone and just a different thought process that, you know, um, people often reference like Donald Glover trying to reckon with his own blackness but you know my question is like how far does that go back what what is he what is his story about somebody making fun of him because he was hanging out with the white kids because that's how we came in the entertainment industry you know so right what what is the real backstory on all this and so yeah i said i said like kendrick lamar is a real nigga and basically donald glover's knows what being a real nigga is and can understand it. And so like, that's kind of the difference I see of them and at least their entertainment side. But I'm curious to know like what you guys think about that. Ooh. Um, I was going to give you guys space to chime in, but you can see all this so deep in thought. So I also yeah. sent a, a tweet to the chat, which was, can whoever called Donald Glover and Oreo in high school, just apologize so everyone can move on. <laughs> yeah. I was scary to say that after you said that, Jason, I'm thinking maybe this last episode is almost like it's like a mirror episode. It's like Donald Glover trying to answer questions about his own critiques about his blackness, his choice of a partner. And mm-hmm. then he li- 
he just rapped about his mulatto babies. I forget whatever song it yeah. was he was on. Talked yeah. about having his mulatto babies. I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, can we all just move on? I mean, he, yeah, I, I think he has some complex issues with his own blackness that he's For trying sure. to answer through his art. Now, we had an episode a couple seasons ago where he had like the FUBU, like the character had the FUBU jersey yeah. on. His friends picked on him for wearing whatever. I can't FUBU. remember the, the actual details of that episode, but some people saw that like maybe this was kind of like an autobiographical type of situation, a, a story that he was trying to tell. I don't know. His origin story. Yeah, right. a little origin story. Yeah, yeah what that- what is his origin story? Why I is mean, this the Donald Glover that as, we get right now? Yeah, He got told he talked like a white boy in high school. Right, And they brought it up in the episode. Yeah. They brought it up in that episode where the kid was like, you know, playing guitar and singing. And he was like, did people pick on you for talking white? And mm-hmm. I was like, where did that come from? And I don't think they really touched on that. Just went on to the next subject. I wonder <laughs> if the uh, people who picked on him uh for talking white we're black we're black girls in his high school that's why he hates us so much <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh. we're putting it all together folks mm. hey I mean, because also also real quick mace he also put a twerking video in there and the twerking video was whack like that wasn't a good twerk that was a video of somebody who doesn't know what a good twerk looks like and I was like, "See, he still can't get black women right. He's doing it on purpose." That's right. All the all his all the black women on the show are mid. So there you have it. Mm. I, I think I've unlocked it. A bunch of black girls made fun of him in high school, and this is what we get. Damn. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, I can't speak to his high school, but he went to NYU. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that he was in the minority there. <laughs> then, while he was at NYU, he was in a comedy group called Derek Comedy. If you type that into your Google machine, you will see Donald Glover standing there with two very white dudes. Extremely <laughs> white comedy group. Then he got hired at age 23 to write for 30 Rock. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, Donald Glover writing for 30 Rock. He probably wrote jokes for Tracy Morgan for the Tracy Jordan character, right? Nope. Donald's main contribution to 30 Rock was writing writing. Whiting. Writing white, <laughs> white jokes for Kenneth the Page, who was from Georgia. Wow. So the gay white dude in the. the in effem- I don't think he was gay. He, he was, was, gay. He was, he was very effeminate. awkward and effeminate, effeminate white dude. Yes. That yeah. is where most of. He wasn't there for very long. But then he went what on. Do you mean? He was on there for. Oh, Donald Glover. Right. Wasn't there Donald Glover yeah. wasn't writing for that show for <laughs> yeah. very long, but that was, was the majority of what he was doing. Relax, yeah. And then he went on to be on Community. And you could say what you want about Troy Barnes, but you, one of the things you could say is that he's not very black. I don't know if he would have passed that <laughs> Kevin Samuels test in the gym. So, you know, not the not the most <laughs> real origins. Yeah, no, I mean, he started talking with a lot more bass in his voice, you know? Like, when he was in his 20s and he was wearing the like tight t-shirts and all that and he was doing his stand-up he was a completely different character which is fine like he's an artist i get it i'm just saying like the whole blackness thing obviously has some roots in reality because the first 10 years of his entertainment career he was still super white so do you think that 
the older that he gets and the more success he gets in Hollywood, he can kind of relax and not have to coach, which is much. Like, I feel like he's calming down a bit. He's kind of finding himself. He got his shit off. He got Young Thug to be on his song. He got his black cosigns. Like, he's made a show about a rapper. You know, he got all of the things that were on his checklist to make sure that he was black. He made sure he put on... He played um, Lando Calrissian. He, he, well, that doesn't count. But oh. he... <laughs> but, he he uh, made sure he shouted out Migos when he won his award and let everybody know he knew about Bad and Bougie. He made sure he got all his checklists signed off when he needed it signed off. You know what I'm saying? He won mm. the, the award for a rap song and not one of his singy songs. So, you know, like I, I respect it. He's a dope artist. But it's again, if once you start peeling the layers back, it it is quite interesting. So I have a question and forgive me if you guys talked about this already. So the first episode um, of the season, the three slaps episode, three right? Three slaps. Three slaps. Um, you, did you guys talk about, so, you know, like the, the white guy on, on the boat or whatever who, who drowns the dude. So when I go back and look, when I went back and rewatched the episode, that guy's name was Ernest. And I'm thinking like, and then, you know, Ernest, oh, shit. Black Ernest. Uh, yeah, Black Wait, Ernest. See, we, yeah. Okay, so we kind of touched on this where I'm trying to figure out where these E's come into play. Mm-hmm. Because Esco, I think Esco, Esco. I, Esco, Esco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, Maze, you said when you looked up the character yeah, so in the he's first credit, episode, he's he was credited, just credited as white. white. And then in uh, Big Payback, he's credited as E. And that's the one where he shoots himself and falls in the pool. But you're mm-hmm. saying when they're in the boat, they they call him Ernest, or he is referred to. Yeah, as Ernest? that's a, th- yeah, and that's why I'm sit- I'm gonna go back because I'm thinking to myself, there has to be something here that's going on. And it made me think about that just because we we're just oh talking about God. Donald, now I'm like having a whole moment now. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about Donald and like his you know like you know relationship to his blackness and i'm just thinking about like the symbolism of having the dude on the boat right his name's Ernest, and he wakes up and then there's Ernest, and it comes back again and it's like yo this dude is very uncomfortable maybe not with his blackness but he's probably really uncomfortable with how everybody else perceives his blackness right. like, hey i'm this i'm you know you see me as like this white guy or whatever but i still got some knowledge and some game to pass on to y'all yeah, right, I right. feel like this. I think I feel like there's a, uh, been a couple of middle fingers to the critiques of of how he identifies in some of these, and that's just me. I'm yeah, no, question. I agree. Yeah, I think that's exactly Ooh. what he's doing. That's what he's trying to. The pictures he's trying to paint, like, you know, fuck y'all niggas. I'm I'm a nigga <laughs> just like y'all. Right. I get it. Wow. <laughs> I get it. You know, but that's a. That's a tough message to like continue to live on, and like I wonder what he's gonna do when he gets past that message, you know? Because hmm. maybe I don't know. Write some episodes where we finally get to see Darius going on an adventure. Oh, they're <laughs> never gonna give us the Darius adventure, Gabby. The never. They tease never. us. And I'm always they like, dangle it in front of here? us, and then they yank it away. That's what she said. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I was just thinking about that. I was like, what is the message that we're trying to send here by denying Darius his adventures? Like we can't have black jubilation. Like we well, can't hey, have well, we saw, 
We saw what happened the last time we went on a Darius adventure. That's true, but we I got, just... we got Nigel Bowl. <laughs> I think well, that no, I was, no, no, I was no, gonna say I, yeah. I was talking about Teddy Perkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like that was that's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel, I feel like, I feel like now that you bring that up, that that's kind of what they're teasing. You know? Yeah, they're like another aware, Teddy Perkins. Like, oh, you know, oh, Darius has this map. Oh, he's yeah. got a map. He's got a blueprint of the building. Like, what's he going to find? It's going to be nuts. <laughs> oh, we're never going to do it. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. It's what's in the box in Seven. Yes, it's all those things. Yeah. So when are we yeah. going to find out? But, you know, we, we did it. We're at episode nine. We got one left. Yeah. This <laughs> this season <laughs> does not feel anywhere close to any sort of resolution of any kind. So I really do wonder how the fourth season is going to interact with this one. It's going to be interesting to try to treat it as a whole, I suppose. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to wait gonna and see. We're going to get like a break. But uh, there's, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of really good stuff that emerged from this season and the anthology aspect i think overall worked and i i am pleased with it but this doesn't feel like we're headed into any sort of resolving finale or even a cliffhanger like it's probably just going to be another self-contained story yeah i mean do you do you think that they're going to <laughs> include them in it or do you think they've wrapped well, the, the favorite boy storyline let's for the season? let's go and check out the episode description you guys know i love to do this every week yeah the episode is named tarare yo tarare was a real person wild they gotta stop biting these better shows though that sounds okay. like an anthology episode to me i don't know about yeah. you guys yeah, probably. Also, haven't seen the season. And did you guys watch Dave Maze? I know you watched Dave, right? No. No, you guys didn't watch Dave Maze. Uh, what do you think about his Dave critique? Now, having seen his response in Atlanta season three. I mean, I I, I don't think my re- uh, response to his critique has changed at all. It was a ludicrous comparison, <laughs> comparing yeah. himself. But it was frankly, it was on the nose. So, Gabby, he compared himself and his show to Wagyu Steak. And he compared Lil Dicky's Dave to a Smashburger. Now, the thing about that comparison is that I think that Wagyu Steak is wildly overpriced and overhyped. So he kind of walked himself into a trap there. Because I love a good smash burger. <laughs> Look, it is so funny because Gabrielle is a steak connoisseur. Okay. Yeah. She is a, where's the beef? She knows where's, where's the that. beef. Yeah. I don't know. So have you ever had it, Sidebar? Have you ever had like a good Wagyu steak? I have. And but, like, I'm not saying it's not good. But you think it's over just. I think like, I think that because <laughs> I am also a steak connoisseur, Gabby. Maybe we should, you Ooh. know, get together sometime, grill up, yeah. you know, get some. Some medium rare, maybe edge a little bit towards rare. But I think you can cook a quality steak. <laughs> it's about how you cook it. It's not about the fact that you got Wagyu steak. Like It's just more Fair. fat. That's really the only difference. So if you love fat, fantastic. But you can make just as good of a steak for half the price, I think. 
I will respectfully disagree, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Because uh, you ain't eating a T-bone like that. But, I mean, it's all good. Uh, no, I, I sous vide all my steaks. I either sous vide or smoke them. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. not a... Uh, I'm not a reverse sear girl. I'm just a sous vide because you can't fuck it up. You it's just true. cannot. You can't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I just I just sous vide or I I grill or smoke them. But uh, that is a wild comparison. I I read that interview you guys were talking about. Yeah. Where he interviewed himself. So fucking weird. Um. That was just so I. I had a hard time reading it, but I was like, man, just gonna power through. And I was yeah, like, normally when man. I interview myself, I like to draw a nice hot bath. I like to get the bubbles going, you know, I like to get some candles, <laughs> maybe play but, some but what it, unskippable so songs that we were talking about earlier, you know, <laughs> just really get in my zone. But hold on real quick, because I don't think any of you guys answered my question about what do you think about oh. <laughs> him oh, in shit. comparison with Kendrick and like them kind of both being around the same age, occupying the spectrum of cool, weird black men and and different, completely different aspects of it. I'm enjoying watching both of them ascend in their own ways, in their own unique ways. I don't want to compare the two. They just have two totally different childhood experiences. Their upbringing is different. And, you know, we got someone from the South, someone from Compton, two very different places. it's a lot of similarities, I'm sure, but it's very different. You know, I'm, I've heard some of the my friends that are from Compton talk about their experiences in Compton, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So I don't want to compare the two. I just think they have their own journeys, and I'm enjoying being a part of both of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I don't – I'm struggling to think where I would compare – Kendrick's art to Donald's art, except for the fact that they both have their, like you said, their own unique ways of discussing like society and culture. Um, well, yeah, Kendrick, just, Kendrick told us that he fucked two white bitches this week. So yeah, he um, did. Well, that's true. He did. And when that. and when he fucked them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I too have fucked. And two why white he fucked them? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> I too, sir. I too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I just feel like they come at it from two totally different life experiences. Um, but shout out to both of them not having, you know, uh, black significant others. That's real. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, is so, his, is his girl not black? Kendra's girl not black? She's, she's, uh, she is exotic passing. <laughs> she's not black. She's exotic I thought she passing. was biracial. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. She's biracial. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. If you know, you know. Right. <laughs> Interesting. But I, okay. You know, but I, I also think that's, you know, we, we love that trope. Um, you know, we right. love that trope. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought it was interesting that Virgil was married to a white woman. Um, nobody really said anything about that, but it's interesting to pe- like that. It's made a big deal about some people, or just maybe in a larger conversation. But if you know certain people, it's not. I think athletes kind of get it, get it the worst. Honestly, like 
I remember when Russell Wilson, they, they won't ever stop bringing oh, that my up. Goodness. People won't ever stop bringing that up. So but to like, be fair, but to be fair, that that wasn't because of Russell Wilson. That was because of her face when he got drafted. Yeah. God, she looked like a beached whale. I was like, hell that lady. A beached whale who landed on a beach of a million dollars. Yeah. Excited beach whale. <laughs> Gleeful beach whale. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Kareem had a white wife, and we yeah. were kind of reminded of that with, with winning time, um, mm-hmm. and him being so pro-black and, like, the kind of, you know, the complexities that that creates. Yeah. Um, no, it's just interesting. And obviously, like, being a black man, like, like you really do get criticized if you date anybody outside of your race, like, in your family. Otherwise, like, other black people are not, They'll be cool to the person in their face, but if it's just y'all, they like, what's up? <laughs> Listen, my thing like, about it. You don't is- like black girls? That's what they always say. You don't like black girls? Oh, like, yeah, you don't like black girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always the thing. I used to be a serial interracial dater. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, y'all, yeah, serial. It was, it was all over the place. Um, <laughs> Definitely, definitely United Nations over here. My whole thing was as long as we can discuss the movement before I put my bonnet on, um, and you don't even ask me what a bonnet is, we straight. Right. <laughs> those are the two. Those are the two, two like main hurdles you got to get over. Like, don't ask me why I'm tying my hair up. Don't, don't do it. And you better have lotion in your house, please. Some, so some, some people don't have lotion in their house. They don't, some people really do not have lotion some people in their house. <laughs> when Dave Chappelle made the joke about white people not having washcloths, that was <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> shit ever. Because some yeah. white people don't use washcloths. Maze is like, what's a washcloth? <laughs> I'm conspicuously silent during this. I feel like really went either Maze. way. Maze, you don't use a washcloth? Either I say that I have a loofah. <laughs> and out myself as a scrub or I'd be quiet and let you make your own assumptions either way I think I lose <laughs> I've got lotion I have washcloths I'm, I might use them how about that perhaps oh. I do you got them stored just if in I'm case interviewing you got myself, over, over. If I'm interviewing myself in the bathroom maybe I get a washcloth out you never know <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. Congrats on having lotion. I'm excited yeah. about... Oh, yes, I, I have lotion. I do have lotion. I was going to go get it, but I'm just going to trust that y'all believe we me. We believe you. We yes. believe you. Thank you. Got one more episode of Atlanta, and then we will shall see where the showtime takes us. But until then, for Gabby, for Bethany, for Jason, I'm Anthony Mays. We'll see you next time on Showtime. I don't do the whole wrap-up now because we're not talking about that show anymore. So it's just Showtime. Time for the show. Bye.